Welcome to Money for Average Joes, a 12-part series on personal finance. I'm your host, Jason Weaver, an average Joe. And today, episode six is all about learning how to crush your crushing debt. And I just want to take a second to say, Average Joes is all about pulling from the best podcasts, online resources, gurus, and giants in the industry, because there's really no one-size-fits-all for every family, but also so that you can have kind of a centralized experience to help you understand here's where I am, the roadmap I should take, such as in episode one, and guide you along that journey using those best resources. And as a quick refresher, episode five was all about learning how to make more money and do this outside of a career move or going back to school. We'll cover that in a future episode. And of course, all this is so you can live better and have more money for when it matters most. I'll talk about investing in future episodes, but essentially the percentage of how much you save versus how much you spend, or basically the idea of how much are you actually keeping per month so you can invest or save as a percentage is is really useful. So most wealthy people, for instance, are saving 15% or more of their income and then investing that or putting that towards their emergency fund or whatever, but not spending it, right? So let's talk about paying off our debt because, you know, for good or bad reasons, you've probably gotten into debt at some point. I've gotten in and out of debt with my spouse several times in my life, you know, and uh, we're definitely moving towards the getting out of debt stage right now. And we're pretty far along on that. So we're pretty happy with where we've come. So depending on your circumstances, uh, there's really only three places that the free course of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints puts on, and also I, I agree with that you should use debt. A modest home, reasonable education expenses that will lead to better work, and is very likely to lead to that, which we'll talk about later in future episodes as well, and then modest basic transportation. And think about that. If you can just move across town into a cheaper place close to where you work, you might not need a car, especially for a couple of years in your life. So you can get to that saving higher percentage or saving towards a goal like being able to buy a house, right? So I love this quote from the, the church's resources. You should likely avoid going into debt for items other, other than these three, basically, they say. Instead, save up for these expenses. And uh, recently I was doing some coaching and it was kind of fun to, to work with this couple. And they said, oh, so I become my own bank when I introduced the idea of a emergency fund or a budget. They called it their bank. I'm going to go to my bank. I'm going to take from myself to pay off this emergency or this need. And I'm not going to go to somebody else's bank and make them money. So I love that idea. I uh, also wanted to mention back in episode two, tracking your budget, uh, we we could see a chart that was put on about how most people are in debt and where that breaks down. So credit cards was the smallest, auto loans the next, students loans the next, and then mortgage the next. And credit cards in this study, there's tons of different studies. This one's by NerdWallet. Uh, 16,000, almost 17,000 in credit card, and uh, so on. You can see the whole chart in the resources and show notes. Now, 
I like this idea of an 80-20 rule, right? And a lot of people have talked about this. It might be a concept you're familiar with, but, you know, 20% of your efforts or things that need to be done are going to make 80% of the results. Um, there's a lot of different ways to phrase that, but in most cases in these, uh, you know, three categories, this is where I think you are going to get the most impact. So if you were to really scrutinize and manage hard on the places that you overspend, you know, like back when I was looking at, um, you know, tracking my budget, I showed that I overspent on these things and I'm sure you do too, your home slash rent, your car travel slash car your food, and then on to maybe your next biggest, you know, expense. Maybe for you, it's entertainment or, um, you know, maybe it's something else, vacations. Uh, I guess that could fall under travel as well, but you could split it out depending on how much you spend and what type of vacations you like to take. You like to take a big vacation once a year, then you're going to need to be saving for that instead and go to your own bank to pay for that rather than go to somebody else's. So let's dive into each one of those. Of course, you should have reviewed your own and you can make your your own list and then start diving in on the top 20% of where you're going to get the most impact. Of course, you can try to manage everything and that's fine. Uh, there's some great budgeting tools that can help you with that. Shift money from one fund to another during the month as you're looking. I personally use Mint because it is the easiest but still can show me a snapshot at any point in the uh, the day and it's free. Uh, any any day of the month, you can see where you're at. But uh, I would say most people that actually take the time to put in every expense that they charge on their credit card or debit card will feel the pain a little bit more and will be able to see that as they go and maybe do that once a week. And then they can adjust and only have to do it you know, four times a month. And, uh, and they'll get better results by doing it that way. So you got to find your path, right? So let's dive into home slash rent. Maybe you can think radically. Uh, you can get roommates, move back into your parents' home for six months. You can downsize. Uh, there's there's an app for turning, like, where I live, we have basements. You can turn your basement into storage for college students. Uh, you know, there's tons of different things you can do to lower your cost per month. Um, just something you can think about. Your travel slash car. I really love this study that I found. Um, it's a triple a does a study and it's the true cost of your, your vehicle or your car. Right. And it's kind of averaged out. Of course, if you're really smart, you can go figure it out for yourself. Right. But most likely, like when I tried to figure it out, I was way, way too optimistic, <laughs> way too much under. So just having this general study, I think is way more impactful to take a look at. So Let's just dive into this. A small sedan, the average yearly cost, and we're not talking about, uh, you know, what you're paying to have that car if you are paying off a car or, you know, anything like that. We're talking about just pure maintenance that's going to cost you to upkeep that car, keep it in good condition, and it may not all hit on one year. It may hit on two years or, or whatever. What's what's the true cost uh, you know, based on 15,000 miles driven annually. Okay. Uh, so sedan, $6,354. And so that's pretty small. A minivan like I own, I own a, a minivan as well. Uh, we have two cars at this point. <laughs> we could probably go down to one, but that's something that we've chosen not to, not to completely skimp on. 
So a minivan, $9,146. You can see like a hybrid (laughs) in some cases is more expensive, uh, $7,687. So uh, you can look at this study, take it with a grain of salt, but just know the type of car you drive and how much that actually costs annually and perhaps think of doing something different like um, taking public transportation if it's close to where you're at or walking more or going shopping once every other week and having your roommates drive and shipping in a dollar or two towards gas for them, right? So now on to food. Uh, Essentially, that's one of those places my wife and I spend out way too much on. That's one of our top 20% we we have to manage or else it just blows out of proportion. And you know, like I've heard on other shows and other people talk about, especially Dave Ramsey, uh, you're eating your retirement, right? Like you're literally eating it when you go out to eat too much. So depending on how much you make and what you put in your spending plan slash budget, uh, that determines how much you can spend towards food, right? And of course, eating at home, for the most part, when you mostly make the ingredients come together yourself, you're not buying prepackaged kits or things like that. Or not, co- I mean, yeah, you can save by eating ramen or other stuff, but that's not very nutritious, right? So, uh, doing a meal plan, so planning, uh, and if you can do that, like based on what the sales are, or pre-buy your meat when it's half price and freeze it, real good. Uh, you know, there's different things you can do. And so in a future episode, episode nine, we're going to talk about spending less. Uh, a lot of other people talk about that sooner, but I'm, I'm more of the abundance mentality. So we talked about earning more sooner, right? But uh, we'll try to cover a little bit more on food plans there and uh, and whatnot. So then it's on to whatever the next most important thing is for you, wherever you spend the most. But, you know, you managed four to six things and you manage them well after you've already downsized where you live or do a couple other things that are a a bit smarter, you now have freed up hopefully more of that 15%. And in this case, instead of it going towards savings, it's going towards your debt. So let's talk about the dreaded credit card, right? Um, It turns out that uh, 50% or more of people (laughs) And depending on which study you're looking at, this is a creditcards.com study, are spending money poorly or using a credit card incorrectly, right? Purchasing things I need, that's okay, right? Earning rewards, eh, who doesn't want to earn rewards? That's, that's let's put it in the middle. Uh, provide emergency cushion, okay, that's the worst time to get into debt. Improve my credit rating, you know, there's not a lot of things that really that I think you need that require an amazing credit rating. So why do you have to have a credit card for that? You know, uh, they're, they're first time home buyers, for instance, there's different specials or not specials, but there's different programs to help you, even if you don't have any credit. Right. And so I'm not sure that, that that qualifies as a good reason. Provide extra money for things I want. Okay. That is a terrible, terrible reason paying off debt. Okay. Worst reason ever, (laughs) right? Uh, You know, trying to shuffle from one credit card to another, not awesome. So let me tell you how to make an average of $1,292 more a year. Don't have a credit card. (laughs) So that's what NerdWallet found one study basically is just, that's how much you pay on average. Um, 
for fees and whatnot, right? So you can, I'm sure there's a, a ton more things you could do with that thousand dollars that you can, you know, go on a vacation once a year, or you could actually put it towards your Roth IRA, right? So that you have a future retirement. Um, so I just want to mention in general, don't use a credit card. It's not ideal. It's not, uh, <laughs> it's not a tool. What it is, is it is a method to stay in debt and be in debt forever. Before I dive deeper, I just want to mention that I created this show as a supplemental guide as you attend with your spouse, a local personal financial group, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or Dave Ramsey puts on great groups. The church is once free. Ramsey's nearly free. It's fairly cheap. And uh, my wife and I would say these are basically lifesavers. You got to do it. Uh, it's so critical. You got to have that support. You can't just listen to the show. You got to go take action and apply it. So I just want you to know I'm not officially authorized or affiliated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Dave Ramsey. I just want to share the best resources out there that I can find and help motivate you to stay on the path to find financial freedom and success. So let's now shift gears to let's pay off this debt. Let's get that burden off our back that's crushing us and let's essentially crush it. So just so you know, in general, a lot of studies have shown if you can visualize your debt and, uh, you know, whether that's a chain that you make and every thousand dollars of debt paid off, you rip off or uh, whether you can pay off the, the smallest debt soonest and then move on to the next. Those are things that help your brain essentially uh, get a get a happy charge for doing that, uh, help keep you motivated and whatnot. But we'll also talk about the most financially fast way to pay off your debt as well, just in case you really are one of those high fact finder type people that really cares about those details. So I love this quote, if you have debt, make only the minimum required debt payment until you have built a one month emergency fund. Okay, so don't forget about that. We talked about emergency funds before. Don't forget about how important it is to basically have your own bank that you can take money from and pay. Um, you know, some others believe a thousand dollar buffer, right? Uh, I think it's a better idea to get that one month emergency fund. Uh, just think about it. if you need to move, if you for a job opportunity or some sort of crazy thing happens. You know, a one month buffer, I think, is a bare minimum for you to feel like your soul and life is not crushed. <laughs> okay. So uh, let's talk about the avalanche method. This one is the, the, the only one that matters for if you really care about your paying off your debt the fastest, best way, and, and also paying the least amount of interest, right? So you basically um, put your highest amount owed. Uh, to lowest, well, it's more like highest interest rate to lowest, sorry. And then the snowball method's more of that brain method that I mentioned before, where it's your lowest amount owed to highest amount so that you can tick them off as you go a little bit better. So there is a really cool calculator that NerdWallet created. There's others out there. You can just put, you know, debt snowball calculator into Google, I'm sure, and find a good one. Um, in the show notes, I have a really great snapshot of an example here, and uh, it, it can just help you see kind of how long will it take to pay off that debt, um, when, how soon could you be debt-free, you know, 
Um, you could also see if you're only making minimum payments or if you can only put $200 towards a $1,000 debt or whatever it is, you can plug in all your debts and see, which is kind of nice. So until your consumer debt, like credit card is paid off, uh, you got to focus there. And I don't lump home loans or student loans into you're in major debt, okay? Because usually a home is uh, can be more of an investment if you're going to be there over five years and you have a good emergency fund or buffer, right? So we're not talking about student loan debt here. Um, we're not talking about mortgages, you know, paying off your mortgage faster. Great idea. Something we can talk about in a future episode for sure. But uh, you're going to want to pay off all your debt, then build up your three to six month emergency fund before hitting your student loan or home debt while planning for retirement, right? Because you got to put money in now for it to build up over time so that when retirement comes, you don't have to retire in squalor or, you know, put all your hopes and dreams on basically the government's back. You want to be self-reliant. So also it's important to understand while you're paying off even this initial consumer credit card debt, it's okay to do the match at your company retirement plan. Okay. There is a match that they're willing to give you. And there's not this crazy long vesting period where it's, you know, five years before <laughs> you can actually get that match. Then, you know, it makes sense whether it's 3% or whatever of your income, just do the match Trust me, it's it's good. Obviously, when you when you get past that um, stage where you uh, maybe have got your student loans done, uh, or it's going to take twenty years or ten years for your student loans to get done, right? Um, then you can still bump it up. Maybe it's ten, fifteen percent, or something a little bit higher. It just depends on your situation. So let's talk about if you're in crushing, crushing, crushing financial debt or you have a huge financial crisis or problem that happens to you, okay? Uh, you got to think of this as essentially you're playing football and you're going for a touchdown and you get so many downs and sometimes you uh, you basically get pushed back or, or you can't make any progress or you, you go back on the field uh, sometimes you have to do something co completely drastic to distract all the people that are trying to pull you down and throw a Hail Mary to get a touchdown and get out of this debt. You know, that's change your career. That's sell, you know, move out of your house for six months. That's sell all the non-essentials. Uh, you know, sometimes there's crazy things you got to do. I, I had a mentor in my life young. He lost his job for a year. He sold one of his cars, lived off his food storage for a year. Okay. But no, he did not go into debt. His life was not crushed. And he had a future and, and, and hope of the future because he was very financially savvy and had taken the advice of so many smart people before him. So you may need to uh, cut unnecessary expenses for a time. If possible, focus on food, shelter, utilities, and necessary transportation before paying other expenses. Now that's a quote from the church's resources. Uh, so you may also need to temporarily delay or reduce payments extend or permanently modify the terms of a loan. Uh, I don't have any advice for doing that because that's that can be really hard, but there are professionals that can help you with that. I do want to warn you though, debt consolidation basically is a trick in most cases. 
uh, it's just going to lower your monthly payment by extending how long you owe the debt for. It's going to put all of those uh, debts into one basket, and it's going to take even the low debts, the ones that are very small, low interest rate, and it's going to throw them in with all the ones that are high interest rate, like your credit card that might be 17 or 20 something percent interest rate. And then it's going to even it out to who knows, 10% or whatever it's going to do. So obviously debt consolidation in most cases is also another ploy for them to sell you other stuff and, uh, you know, make that debt crushing for a long time. Uh, but you know, if you ended up doing it, definitely don't lump in all your low, low interest debts. Okay like student loans. Uh, you, you don't need to, hopefully you don't need to do that, but don't do it. I instead used the method because I had a low amount of debt. I was able to Google and find a zero interest for 12 months credit card and throw on there just, I think over just slightly over $2,000 of debt when we were paying that off, you know, kind of that chain approach of, you know, every, instead of every thousand, it was every, you know, month, it was $200, right. Until it was paid off and that, uh, you know, or whatever it was, I don't know, something like three or $400 use the calculator. And, uh, you know, we were able to break the chain of debt essentially and free ourselves. So, uh, we used magnify money to find that credit card. And of course there's often fees when you transfer from one account to another. So I got a notification shortly after having transferred my money to this credit card that had a zero interest for 12 months, which was really great that my old bank had just made it so that you're going to get a huge fee if you do that. So I had transferred just before that, that happened. So I was very grateful. Uh, you know, I was, you know, inspired at that moment uh, to make this happen. So that was good for us. All right. So debit cards and savings accounts with benefits. All right. So, you know, using magnify money or Google or some other tool out there, uh, which I'm not affiliated with either, but uh, you can find high APR or APY interest rate, um, you know, savings account, high yield savings account. That's something you could search. Uh, I found one that was pretty good. It also happened to have a credit card where you could, or a debit card. Uh, I've sworn off credit cards, not going to use them anymore, except maybe in my business for everyday expenses for the business, because I actually have found that I don't overspend in my business ever. So I've been okay with that. But for the most part, you can't go into debt if you don't have that option. So it's, it's better just not to have it. But you can find debit cards that will give you a 1% cash back. So you can, uh, you know, kind of, there's some cards that claim to give you 5% or whatever. Or there's the Apple uh, card now that they have instant savings that's very, or, or cash back, it's very addicting. But, you know, why don't you meet in the middle with me and just get a debit card that has a 1% cash back? Okay. Uh, you might always need to have a couple hundred dollars buffer in there on top of your emergency fund, which is in some other account. So it's not so easy to get to. You have to make a conscious choice to transfer it out, right? But you might have a hundred or $200 buffer in there because you do not want to have to pay an overdraft fee. Those are the worst. They hit every single time you overdraft and you should just check your money regularly, right? So you don't have that problem. But meet me in the middle, get a debit card, then you can still get some cash back. Most credit cards, honestly, when you do all the math or whatever, you're, you're making 2% cash back tops. All right. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about miles or anything, whatever. Split the difference with me. Don't go into debt and at least get your 
uh, you know, who knows, $100, $200 a year uh, to go towards your vacation for free, and you didn't have the option to go into debt. Okay, so there are some really great tools if you have crushing student loan debt. I'm sure in some scenarios it can make sense to refinance your home. There are, you know, obviously professionals out there that can help you with weird situations, whether uh, you get a huge windfall of money from somebody that passed away or, you know, you're in a unique situation. You might find a financial advisor for that or, um, you know, whatnot. But there are some great, great tools online too, right? So Magnify Money is one of them for finding those savings accounts. Uh, I recently found out about for student loans. There's a app called Chipper, and I'm sure if you just you know Google how to pay off your student loans or you know uh, how to you know how to get a lower interest rate on your student loans, things like that, you might find tools like Chipper and others out there that can help you move on to that next. So uh, with Chipper, it says that it compares and saves, you know, switching your student loans potentially. Uh, so it's not necessarily the same concept as debt consolidation because it's only talking about just taking care of that. It's kind of that concept almost of, uh, you know, a loan balance transfer on the credit card, right? Uh, pay down your debt faster with rounding up average. So uh, there's some different apps out there that have have done that where like you you add add your bank account and then you know every time you spend uh, under a dollar on something it will round up and you know who knows at the end of the month you might have paid fifty dollars or fifty four dollars on average is what they see towards your student loans so you can pay it off faster but it doesn't feel like it hurts as much with that <laughs> I kind of feel like okay you could try to trick your brain like that but at the end of the day you got to figure out what that total dollar amount needs to be whether it's fifty four dollars or hundred dollars a month and you need to make it happen and uh, you need to make it happen regardless of your financial situation so you know you know you need four thousand dollars a month and 200 of all that is going to go towards your student loan and you're going to be short because Christmas came around then you need to get a side job you need to sell something you need to bake cookies and do a sale, you need to do something like a side hustle. Like, you know, I talked about with the, the make more money episode and episode five. Um, and then it's also kind of cool with this app. You can uh, allow others to track and contribute to your student loans. I thought that was really awesome. You know, and you can say instead of a Christmas gift, if you can contribute something to my student loan, that would be great. So that was our show. Go to moneyforaveragejoes.com for show notes and basically get access to the nine principles course for free. All you have to do is join the group. Uh, it's a community where we're all kind of focused on helping each other overcome our financial uh, you know, failures and be able to have a future, right? So by educating yourself, I hope today you'll apply what you learn and gain new skills, have fun and have more money for when it matters most. All the show notes, like I said, are at moneyforavagejoes.com and the hashtag is MFA Joes, no apostrophe, if you want to share it with your friends on social media. Just so you know, this show is for general education purposes. I am merely a financial coach. I'm not a certified advisor or planner. I have not reviewed your unique situation, so this is not considered personal financial advice. I'm Jason Weaver, moneyforavagejoes.com. Have a good day and we'll see you next time.